Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Russell Kane. This is Man Baggage. It's a space where we get boys together and force them to talk about the things we wish men would talk about, but they just won't, will they, girls? It's been a bit of a journey through lockdown. The numbers have been increasing. Have more men been tuning in? No, girls have. Our listenership has more than tripled with nosy yell who want to know what's going on in men's heads. Who'd have thought? When I entered the male mental health space to get men to talk about things that are important, it would be girls with their pervy ears at the keyhole wanting to know why men like their best friend's picture on Instagram or masturbate in a sock or wipe their dick on a curtain or punch a hole through the utility room wall. That was my weekend anyway. Oh, I don't know what my Uncle Darren gave me. But it was definitely cut. So it's it's good to be here. And normally we'd be in a studio, obviously, because some fucker ate a bat. We're, we're recording remotely. Um, so normally we'd be in a studio, so the fact that we aren't means I only have one male mind to grill and look inside, and that male mind is Adam Rowe, accomplished stand-up comedian from the Republic of Scousland. Uh, absolutely smashing it at the moment. He, of course, has his own amazing, very successful uh, Have A Word podcast, um, as well as being an accomplished stand-up, and you'll see him cropping up on telly and radio and all the other horrorish stuff I do with the DNA of every channel dripping out of him. Adam! Welcome. What time is it in Liverpool? <laughs> it's it's before my waking time is what it is. <laughs> we normally record in this place at like one o'clock in the afternoon for have a wear, but today I'm here at 10 to, to speak to you. But I'm, it's a pleasure to be here as always. How are you? I'm good, mate. And we couldn't slap our man baggage on the table and look inside that sack without the help of a female auditor because men, not on purpose, girls, but we do drift out of ignorance into assumptions about what women... Well, you know what women are like. You know what women want. You know how blah, blah, blah women are. So we need a strong female, you know, big vulva energy, as I like to call her, Charlotte Crosby in the house. How are you doing? Good to see you, babe. Oh, I'm all over the place. I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Well, last time I saw you, it got crazy, and I roasted you with another comic while other people looked on. (laughs) Gave you a right spit roasting, didn't I, in Portugal? Can I have some context on this, please? <laughs> no, she's Charlotte. Charlotte had me on her podcast, and th- th- it was a me and an Australian comic, and we just had to roast her solidly for two minutes, and she took it well. It was very uncomfortable for me. I'm not, that's not my type of humour normally. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm, no, I'm sort of gently mocking with voices 
rather than going, you've got a massive fanny, which is basically what happened for two minutes. And that, <laughs> is, that, not, that is what happened for two minutes. It, t- it turned out that's a superpower because you can, obviously if you can fit more in, is a skill there. So anyway, talking about superpowers uh, and competing with each other, like me and this Australian comic world, we're talking about competition today. This is a very gendered issue. I'm not saying men are more competitive than women. I'm just saying men and women think about competition in very different ways and have strong opinions about it, as we're about to prove. So before we even go into the depths here, let's start in the shallows by asking Adam Rowe, are men more competitive than women? We are not looking for your uh, DNA uh, sociological answer. We're looking for your personal experience answer. I am. Like, I'm very, very very competitive with literally everything including like traffic lights like i'm gonna beat the guy in the next lane <laughs> traffic. like i'm i'm compa- i i race people in the streets who don't even know we're racing do you know what i mean like i'm <laughs> i'm a competitive person but <laughs> there's no way that men are more competitive as a as a gender or sex than than women are like a group of men can go out together and it's not the competition to see who's the best dressed or anything like that. A group yeah. of friends of girls who've been best friends since they were eight, who are now in their forties, are still competing to be the most attractive on the night out. Thirty five years later, men have got shirts on that have got stains on. It's the same shirt they wore the last time. They might ring the mate and go, "Are we both going to wear the same shirt?" Because they don't care. Women are well <laughs> with each other. Women are more competitive, in my experience. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so because I'm definitely not competitive with my friends. Like, who's going to look the best tonight? But I do think you're right in what you say. We're probably competitive with other girls on the night out. Oh, fit, is ah. this a fucking joke? Well, someone's disagreeing with you. Hold on, we got we got some expert calling in. Hello, am I competitive in that? <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? So, so just Please listen. Leave Charlotte Crosby has taken a phone call. Live during the recording. Oh right, yes. Um, can you just call me back? It's about is is it about the flap shortening procedure? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you could just take six inches off my right flap, right? Are we? So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, six really sorry. That inches. I'm in, I'm in the government ran hotel in Australia. I only just got here about four hours ago. Are you in Australia? Are you? Yeah, I'm in Australia now. For work. Mm-hmm. And how long have you got quarantine for? <laughs> No, no, I am actually here for work. So my podcast is is done by an Australian radio station, so I'm doing series two out here. So quarantining for two weeks. Fucking hell, they won't even let you out with testing. Yeah, oh, they've done it well. They've done it right. There is is armed forces in the corridor with guns. They they are not messing about. I can't even... If I open that door, if I don't have the mask on, I could get arrested. What's the hotel room like? Is it nice? Sorry, this is really off topic, but... This is a competition though. Look how Australia is competing with the UK for best quarantine. Ours is like, stay in here if you like, mate. But you know what I mean? If you live in a village, fuck off. <laughs> blind so no, so it's, I've been really lucky and I've got a bit a biggish room. It's actually got like a set A part, but... It, it, doesn't it sound like heaven just to do fuck all for 14 days and not feel guilty? You know, it's going to get hot. You can't have one ounce of fresh air, no going out, no windows open, nothing like that. You, the mm. windows are even open. You mentioned sort of how how we, we're quarantining in the UK and dealing with COVID there, Russell, right? This is on the competitive thing, right? I, I get health anxiety quite bad, right? So when COVID first kicked off, I was really, really nervous and I was really scared. Uh, and I was like, if I get, because I'm asthmatic and I was like, if I get this, I'm done, right? There's uh, another comedian, a mate of mine, a really good mate of mine called Freddie Quinn. And he's 
a lot fatter than me, and he's got sleep apnea. Now, he got COVID and was fine. And the second that happened, I was like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> because in my head, if it's not taking Freddie out, it's not taking me out. Do you so know what I mean? Com- you were both competitively unhealthy trying to beat yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I got so- one lung, I'll... But <laughs> anyway, so Charlotte, you were telling us that you, you don't compete with your friends, but you might compete with other. So if there's like three three private tables in VIP areas with three packs of girls all dancing around the table, Drake walks in the club, it's on. I think that's the case. I think I think <laughs> women are put, pitted against each other every day, not only just in the media, that it's just ingrained in our brain that we're always going to get compared to we always need to try and be the best. Right. And would, are you a competitive person? Oh, fuck me. I am so competitive, right? I think I'm more competitive than you, Adam. You reckon? Should we have a competition to see who's the most competitive? <laughs> so, so how far do you take it? You can't play Monopoly and stuff like that without kicking off. Oh, look, horrendous, horrendous. One time on holiday with me mum and dad when I was 12, right? I just learned how to play chess and I lost. So I smashed the whole table over the balcony. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference Adam. between being competitive and being a bad loser. Like I'm, I'm very competitive, but if I lose, then fair enough. Do you know what I mean? But can, hang on, but as is long that as possible? I lose properly, is it possible to be super competitive without hurting a little bit when you lose? Come on, it's gonna. If you are really competitive, you, you, if we're all gonna run hundred meters now, which I don't think people would know. Who to fucking bet on looking at the three of us? But no, anyway, I, no, I would I, win. I, I, had, I had a number one best selling fitness DVD. You're going down. I, like hit hit workouts are my thing. <laughs> I would outrun you five times. What if I left a quite bright coloured dildo at the 50 metre mark? That would <laughs> <laughs> I was winning and I had to stop and have a fucking squirt in that. <laughs> no, but. Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure I agree with you there, Adam, because I, I've got the refuse to compete gene. I probably am so competitive that it's folded on itself and doesn't work. So at school, as the 400 meters started, if I knew I wasn't going to be in the top three, I would purposely hang to the back and try and make the girls laugh instead that were watching, knowing I couldn't win. So I'd find another way to win. I wouldn't like push myself to come second. Because I think I'm such a bad loser, I, I don't even compete. Same with comedy. I mean, you don't get a choice with this Perrier Award thing in Edinburgh, but I fucking can't bear competing with other comedians. I can't bear it. So I I won't compete at anything that I don't think I've got a chance at winning. There we are. So, do you know what I mean? Like, for example, <clears throat> this is... <laughs> when I was a kid, I we used to do cross-country at school. And one year I finished last... Uh, and the year after, I finished second to last. I mean, mum bought me a Happy Meal to celebrate that I hadn't finished last that year. She's missed, got... she's missed the root of the problem there, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, 100%. Um, when it comes to comedy, I, I, I'm i not necessarily proud of this, but when I was sort of coming up, so I started doing comedy in 2010, and as you know, and I'm not sure whether your listeners do, comedy is a sort of very competitive market. Not necessarily people are... In t- intend to compete with each other, but for every gig available at club level, there's a hundred comedians who want that yeah. gig. Mm-hmm. And if you want to move up the ladder, so on a weekend comedy club, you've got the compare, which you can sort of take out the equation for now. You've got the opening act, the middle act, and the 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 headline act. The middle act is often the least experienced, then the opener is the second experienced, and the headline is the most experienced. If you're in the middle, I always just seen I seen it as a mini, just for career progression. I was like, if I want to progress, I've got to be competitive. So if I'm in the middle, I've got to be better than the opener or I'm never going to take their spot. And mm-hmm. if I'm the opener, that the hardest leap to making comedy was always getting from opening to headline. And 
because opening is the hardest spot on the bill and you've mm. somehow got to be better than the headliner was to, mm. to make that leap. That's always how I saw it. it was I'm never going to get any further in my career if I'm not slightly competitive about who's doing the best. I didn't want anyone to have a bad gig. I just wanted to have the best set of the night. Once you get knackered enough, you beg, as I did the other night when I was gigging with Freddie Quinn, to open. You beg on your hands yeah. and knees, thinking, oh, I'll be home and drinking wine by 10. Please, yeah. I'll do new stuff. I'll yeah. be shit. Tell, tell me what to say. Just let me go on first. Um, <laughs> but don't, don't, don't you find as you get more confident though, Charlotte? So I totally identify with what Adam was saying there. But as my career has progressed, now say I'm going on tour, if I'm booking someone to open for me, I want them to be someone that scares me a little bit. Yeah. Someone that's better than me because you slowly realise comedy is different in other things. In that If someone goes on before you and tanks, I used to think, as all comedians naively do, well, that's better for me. I can go on and shine. Whereas what you've got is 400 drunk people in a bad mood. It's actually going to make your job harder. You'll look good in relation, but you'll never have the gig you would have had if Adam had gone on before me and smashed the back doors off it. As long as I keep my confidence in place, I can climb on top of his energy and do more. And also, when people have booked to see your tour show, they're holding you responsible for your opener. Yeah. So they think you're friends or that your opener wouldn't be opening for you. So if you... Be, I, I see... I know comics who purposefully be, book weak comedians to open for them for that naive reason that you've just mentioned. They go, well, they'll be fine and then I'll be great. I, I, I think something that you deserve a lot of credit for, Russell, as a comedian who <laughs> sort of broke onto... Telly and started doing bit. these big just tours. Mute, just mute is, Charlotte, mute Charlotte. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> you, you, you still keep going back to comedy clubs where they're not oh, your always. fans, and, like the Americans do. Like they go always. in front of people who aren't their fans because they want their material to be good. You can once you've got the tour and following you've got, you can go on tour forever, and your audience will always laugh at what you've got to say because they already like you. If you go to a comedy club where people either might not like you or don't know who you are or are just completely ambivalent to you. Like, that's a proper test of your material. And another test of it is to get an absolute killer to open. Dan Nightingale, who I do this podcast with, he's opened for me a couple of times. I, as far as I'm concerned, Dan's one of the best comedians in the whole country. He's mm. nigh on unfollowable at times. But I'm like, if he opens for me, this is my crowd. I should be able to follow it. I so, don't see the point of putting an open spot on. Thank you very much for those kind words. So to bring it back to competition, Charlotte, you are, so I compete with myself, basically. That's why I go into yeah. these tiny clubs where people have never seen me before. I want to say, can I still do it like I could five years ago? Who are you competing with, Charlotte, when you put a new, if you're making a new show, if you're making Charlotte's Journey in Elliot or something, are you competing with whoever's on BBC Three? Are you competing with your former self? Are you competing with someone you used to be, like maybe in, in Geordie Shaw with? There must be an element like, I want to smash this because why is it? It's just enough. Whatever I get, I'm blessed. It's enough. Are you one of those wankers or are you willing to be honest? No, I can, I'm always honest. I'm always competing with myself, first of all, because I can only do better than how I did last time. And but like, say when it say when it was like, um, say if it's something that someone else has done who I know, then I'm competing with them. So say, for example, if the competition is irrelevant when it comes to me and say when I did the Charlotte show on MTV, I can't compete with someone, Fern McCann or Billy Fairs, who've got the Mummy Diaries on ITV because ITV's got a much bigger audience than MTV. MTV is only Sky customers and not many people have Sky anymore and not many people watch telly the way they do. So I can't even try and compete with that because it's never going to be the same. But say, for example, when I did the fitness DVD and before me had been Vicky Patterson, uh, Josie Gibson, 
and oh, someone else i can't remember josie did amazing off her transformation though and like that was when the competition was really on it was like right i, I am the next one i know how much all of the all of them got i know their numbers i know how much they sold now th- now it is a competition because it right. is who's gonna do the best and, and on a personal level like human beings are weird creatures right talk, talk, talking on this podcast I, I don't think we realize we like to think we're all 2021 and post tribal and everything but we're so tribal ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So if we, let's bring it back into the real world, because I think a lot of listeners will be like, I'm not a comedian. I don't make TV shows. Hello, guys. So someone listening might be a solicitor, a teacher, a fucking dustbin person. They might work in a supermarket, whatever. So let's go back to the club. We're in the club. You're out with a group. It's a larger group who's bringing some new people along. Mixture of people from all over the country, all, people, all your different friends. Hot Geordie girl turns up with big personality. Is that worse than if a hot scouse girl turns up with a big personality, does it make a difference? Geordie's a fucking tribal as fuck. So, so do you get the same as I do? If a guy turns up and he's an, an American guy and he's and he's, he's louder and more interesting than me, it is annoying. Uh, but if someone comes in and he's Terry Essex, oh yeah, I'm a bit of a comedian too, and he's being louder and funnier than me, I just go into my shell. I I literally shut down. I full, full skepta. So I just do go. I revert to refuse to compete. I'm gonna go. I'm in a quiet mood tonight. Yeah, do you know what I think? I do that. I go in a bad mood and I'm like, fuck's sake. It's almost like I can't even be bothered. Yeah. I can't even be bothered to try. And would that be the same if just any like new girl turns up? It's a larger group. It's like you, you know, when you're getting ready all night, let's be a bit honest here, guys, the pair of you, you're getting ready all night. You're looking forward to going to the pub because you are the X one, whatever you are in your group, you're the good looking one. You're the funny one. You're the outrageous one. Whatever. X, everyone knows where they sit in their little group of 12 people, right? You're the X one. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm the funny one in my group, mate. You turn up, some other fucker turns up who's new. He's also the funny one, the good looking one, the loud one. That type of competition I can't bear because you cannot get out of it. So your choice is for one night only to not be the funny loud one or hey, I'm going to do more shots than you. I'm funnier than you. Which way do you go, Adam Rowe? I will go um, to you after with Charlotte. So quite weirdly, <laughs> I, it, 
So, it's a new person. It has to be a new person to add that adrenaline in the guts. It's hard for me to answer. So I've got two circles of friends, essentially. One of them is all the comedians from Liverpool. We're quite a close-knit bunch. We're all good mates. And then I've got another circle, which is the lads I went to like high school and sixth form with. And there's about six, seven, maybe eight of us that have stayed in touch for all that time. Very rare there's a new person in that group. If a new comedian joins the comedians group and they want to be the funniest, loudest person... It just ends up being a bit cringy in a group of comedians. Yeah. So I just We're leave not talking to about it. comedians. We're talking about your your regular friend. Have you met Have you met Rob? Rob's coming along. I am Rob. I've got bags of fucking personality. Fuck off, Rob. Is what you think? Just Adam. fit Admit in it. with us, though. Like it's hard for me to <laughs> oh, answer because, I, because I'm I'm not. Weirdly, we spoke about this with me mates last time we went out. I'm not the funniest one in that group. Like to a professional level on podcast and stand up, none of my mates can do what I do. But sat round. I'm just as funny as anyone else, but I'm not the standout funny guy in the group. We're all just assholes, and that's why we're friends. Do you all know right. what I mean? I've got so the let's, perfect let's get, let's example. Go. I've got the perfect Scarlet. example. You are going to love this. I just can't be head. This is the best example. <laughs> best example. Right. So, Jory Shaw, series whatever, can't remember yet. We're all just in the house. It's the first night we're drinking, you know, some, and it's the first night. On this night, at the, at the beginning of a new series, there is a potential there is going to be some new housemates, right, who walk through that door and are going to be new cast members on the show. The girls, and annoyingly, and we shouldn't, get very territorial, very like, oh, well, it's going to be funnier than me, blah, 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 blah. So... I'm going to admit, right, I'm going to admit now, I I did feel like I was the funniest on Charlie Shaw. Like, I did, There's I nothing did. nothing wrong with like, that. Everyone has these feelings. They I know did, where they I sit did. in a group or any human like being. I felt like that. I did all these random crazy things and I was like, oh, I hope they're not, I hope anyone who comes in isn't going to be as funny as them. And then I thought, there would just never be anyone who would do the things that I do. Like, would there really? Like, really? Someone who come in and start pissing themselves? Surely not. Like, people have got more morals in class than that. <laughs> in walks Chloe <laughs> Ferry. Right? <laughs> and we're all like, I'm sure everyone knows who Chloe Ferry is, but just describe her for, for, for listeners that might not know who Chloe Ferry is. Chloe Ferry is a cast member of Johnny Shaw. She's really, really bubbly, really, really funny, mad, mad as a box of frogs, whatever this, whatever that saying is. Literally, literally very similar to me. So the first night we're all in the hot tub, right? And like, we're all laughing and blah, blah, blah. And Scott throws a towel and it's an iconic scene. It's only me left in the hot tub. Scott throws a towel at Chloe's head. And she's so drunk. She like goes, oh, falls over. And it was like really funny. And I'm in the hot tub thinking, fuck, that was so funny. Just laugh. <laughs> just laugh. I'm like, just laugh. Just laugh. Just laugh. Because you look like you, you, you'd be a better person. You're not a bitch then. So I laughed. And, I, and then, and then. How long was that pause, though, between you seeing that happen and having the thought, I'm not going to laugh. No, no, you should laugh because that'll make you look like a bitch if you don't. Because if that was like 30 seconds, it's if that long. happened and then 30 seconds later you went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that's not going to look right, is it? I do think there was like a four second delay, but then hold on. So she stood right like this. I've got my jammers on. Sorry about this. And they're not very attractive either. My mum got us these for my birthday, actually. So she stood up, yeah, and then she starts going, ah, and she starts pissing herself oh she's taking your thing so at this point i'm like 
<laughs> what? <laughs> and then at that point, I had a bee in my bonnet and I couldn't even hide it. I was furious. Yeah. This is the emotion I'm talking about. This is the competitive emotion that everyone's felt, apart from Adam, who's the same. It's like, what? This, that's, that's my thing. <laughs> like, that's what I do. But then, and I've got to be honest, it was only like about a, t- a couple of weeks and then we actually end up having a physical fight. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm going to sh- fight, fight her, then shit myself on yeah, camera yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, all right. What have I got to do next? I'm going to have to shit myself to try and take something Do you know most people who'd piss themselves, if someone else come into the group and started pissing themselves, their immediate reaction would be like, thank fuck I'm now not the only one who pisses themselves. <laughs> It got, yeah, go it, it got really bad to the point where, like, it, I did, I was just angry about it. I was just angry, and I admit. And it was so stupid to be angry over. But anyways, any a lot of people understood, and a lot of people actually did say that she slightly copied off us. But then we had this big fist fight where she actually <gasps> she knocked us out. I got I got beaten up. Well, not beaten up, but she did floor us. So, like, I lost the fight. It was one of many fights I lost, but I always give it a good go. And then... <laughs> And then... Is it bad I'm getting turned on during this story? Is that normal? <laughs> I got turned on in between the pissing and the punching. <laughs> After that, right, we we actually became really good friends. And the moral of the story is, it's, it, you, you can't beat them. You've just got to join them. And then we were just crazy together. And that was the best thing. So it, mm. you should never, ever be angry. And if, if in the scenario where you say you're in the nightclub and someone comes along and they're crazier, you know what I probably do going off that experience? Probably get along with them really well and we'll both like be the craziest out of the bunch and everyone will be yeah. sat video, videoing us all night. That's quite what, a male thing, a that though, isn't it? Yeah. Like to, to have the fight and then have that be the start of a sort of mutual respect. Like in the first year of high the first week of the first year of high school, first week of year seven in school, there was a lad I'd sort of, we weren't friends yet, we are now, but like I'd sort of got to know this lad and he was getting picked on. He was getting like sort of wound up, bullied a little bit by this other lad. And I went to the lad, his name's Danny. I went, why are you scared of him? Don't be scared of him. I'd come from a different school to these two. These had gone to primary school together as well. And the other lad was like, are you not scared of me? And I was like, no. And he went, well, let's have a fight after school then. And I just went, okay. I didn't know at the time, but he was a boxer and he beat the shite out of me. And I just went, in the end, went, look, I'm done. I don't want any more, right? And then that lad has gone on to be a boxer for the Navy. He's, he's fought at <laughs> Olympic level. Wrong one but there, because mate. I had that fight with him in y- the first week of year seven, there was always like a bit of respect from him that like he'd offered me a fight. He was a boxer and I'd gone, yeah, okay. Instead of being the shit house who's had a big mouth and then ran away, he was always just dead sound to me just because I had the fight, even though... I don't even think I landed a punch. He hit me about six times before I blinked, and then he was like, "All right," and I was like, "Yeah, that'll do." See you in a bit. <laughs> um, let's let's go back out on the pool, shall we? Uh, on the pool, how competitive are you? You're gonna have to think back to being single, Adam, because you're happily attached, I believe. Have I've got, got right? a girlfriend. We've been going out. Uh, we had our first date in December, and we've been official since uh, January. Wow. What were you- 
well done, dude. Uh, what were you like on the pool? I just gave up basically until I started stand up. I I got put in the gay box, the funny friend box. I just could not. Where I come from, a very working class council estate background. So the girls who grew up where I grew up, not interested in boys like me. In fact, most women found it incredibly suspicious that I could have a conversation and didn't just want to spin them over the desk and smash them in the back doors after one Sambuca. She was like, okay. you've, got, you've got to be gay. Why are you asking me how I am? It's just, you know, I'm like, so I had to wait until I was mingling with, you know, university girls or I was older. So I couldn't, I just didn't compete. I, there was no point. Uh, now, okay. of course, the tables are turned. Now Darren, Lee and Wayne are all fucked. And, uh, you know, Panani Master Level 7. <laughs> right. So this isn't, like, I'm not proud of this or that this was ever my attitude. But the, I'm, I'm going to answer you honestly. Right. Please. So, right. Do you know what I mean by, like, a 4 a.m. girl or boy? So the, the people who are last left in the club. Yes, because I was the least that attra- person Because no one times. wants them until they have been. I was 4 a.m. boy until I was about 23. Right. So my then, tactic, I was, then I was 11 p.m. What? Sorry. <laughs> my tactic was to go for the 4 a.m. girls at midnight. <laughs> I like that. Undercut the market. Right? So the ones that are normally left round looking for the scraps of lads, I'd just give them attention really early on in the night. Great strategy. And then they like because this is people like I'm not saying I'm a prize at all. By the way, this is people who aren't used to getting attention until everyone's hammered. Exactly. So they'd be like, oh my God, someone's approaching me and I'm only four drinks in. This is great. And it was just always a, it was just always a really easy way I like to guarantee that. a pull. And no competition, of course. No Crucial. competition at all. Cross, what were you? I mean, I suppose you, it's difficult with you because you probably don't have much memory before you were on TV so young. You, how much normal pulling did you get up to before you were thrown into the limelight? So we started going out where we were like, well, a bit naughty when we were like 70. So I didn't go on to Johnny Short until I was 20. But honestly, we, if, if the girls, we don't have that mentality of we're going to pull, we're going to pull. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, it wasn't really like that. We would all, so when, especially when we were younger, we would all sleep in each other's houses and like get so drunk. Like we'd all go back and like one would be on the couch and we'd had more girly nights. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's a thing that women start doing when they're a little bit older and they've got that confidence? So say when girls are 23, 24, 25, and they're still going to the club sitting at the table, surely there's like the eligible bachelors. They start to drop like flies quite early on, particularly up north. Once the, once the northern mating claw gets into a man, he's gone. The pool shrinking. What, there is competition between girls for men. Come on. Well, no, because then, Russell, by the time I was that age, I was going around the country. Yeah. Doing the PAs. <laughs> so I had the, the pick of the lot. <laughs> you were doing an international dick harvest. <laughs> <laughs> like that from the dick tree. I need a bigger basket. <laughs> okay, it's still not clear who's more competitive, Charlotte or Adam. So we're going to have a little break there, and that's the end of part one. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. 